intended to familiarize you all, Grace, or Harbor Church rather, with Grace Harbor, Jamaica. And that's going to be the name, that's the name of the church plant. It's going to be called Grace Harbor, Jamaica. And the thing I would like to point out uh, to you tonight is that understanding that this work is in God's hands. We are a small band of believers. We're a small church. And yet God, by his sovereignty, has brought this opportunity here for us to do what it is we feel we're called to do. We feel as a church that we're called to evangelize. We feel as a church that we're called to promote church plants in other areas. And so we ourselves have reached the point where we're at here by the grace of God, by his hand providing for our needs and keeping us together. And, and, and this church in Jamaica, Grace Harbor, Jamaica, is going to also be a work of God. And just Raymond can maybe make that better understood and say it better than I did. But we've seen in our prayer meetings, we've seen God provide week after week after week miraculously, okay? We've seen in our church God provide week after week miraculously. We started the year out and we didn't think we could uh, afford a fully paid preacher to man our pulpit, we'd have to take from savings in order to do it. We're finishing the year out without having to take anything from savings. Okay, this is the hand of God. And so we've seen it. Those of us that have been in prayer meeting on Wednesday night, we've seen a, an abortion clinic shut down because people were praying, Lord, shut this down. Close this building, this abortion clinic. And we saw it happen. And I said this the other day, where we're, uh, sometimes myself, I'm a little bit like the group that was praying when Peter was in jail. And they're praying and they're praying about poor Peter, he's in jail. The Lord lets him miraculously out of jail. He comes and knocks on the door and they answer the door and they don't believe that it's even him. They shut the door. So we're a little bit like that, aren't we? We pray without this sure, confident expectation. So I have learned one thing in the last couple of years, and that is to pray with sure, confident expectation. And the Lord's hands are not, his arm is not short, his provision is not too small for whatever he desires to do. Raymond's going to, going to uh, elaborate on that, on that theme here tonight. The other thing is, is that we sense as Harbor Church, if we're, if we're going to uh, be the sending church uh, for this work in Jamaica, that we need to vet this process very thoroughly. And we now have a working group that is uh, planning on doing that. We've started by meeting together. So it's going to be myself, Matt Morgan, Kevin Filsick, Mark Chansky, 
Ken Cook and Justin Bonema are all part of this working group that's going to very methodically, decently, and in order uh, plan and vet this process uh, with this church plant. And then also, we're planning right now that we will have two men travel to Jamaica in early January in order to put boots on the ground to vet the process, to be with Raymond and his family, and to uh, look over the situation right in Jamaica. And those two men right now are going to be Mark Chansky and Ken Cook. And that will be in early January. And then there is a, a move to gain financial partners. And right now, we uh, have, have uh, decided as a church to give 10% of our offerings to missions or outreach. And we recently, I think uh, most of you know, we had in uh, October and November a $90,000 total offering between two gifts. And so we have, the Lord is providing funds and we're going to be tithing 10% of those funds into uh, the mission and outreach opportunities that God places before us. But also, we're looking at some partners to come alongside and uh, we have a church in Texas that has gained interest in the work in Jamaica Raymond, it's just amazing to me, folks. <laughs> Raymond meets people, they see him, they see the vision for the church in Jamaica, and they, and they come alongside of him. Several people that he met in Greenville at the, at the GA uh, in, uh, in Greenville with Arbinet have now come forward. They want to contribute to this work, and, but they want it to be done right, and, and they want the work to be vetted. And so we, as the, as the proposed sending church, will be doing that vetting process. Now, as soon as we get back from Jamaica in January, I'm planning a business meeting, and we will vote as a congregation whether or not to take on the responsibility of this uh, endeavor as a sending church. Now, a sending church doesn't mean that we're taking on 100% financial responsibility, not at all, only as we're able. But the sending church is part of the RBNet process. The responsibilities of a sending church have, are laid out very elaborately by RBNet themselves. And, uh, and so, and Raymond fully intends on, on this being a work under the umbrella of RBNet. And we also have an individual in uh, Greenville who's come forward and also wants to contribute to the work. So we're not sure. Where will the Lord take us? Well, we know one thing, he can be trusted. And I just will close my comments, but with Joel 2.28, because Raymond's going to explain the vision here, okay? And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. So I'm going to welcome our brother up here.
Raymond, thank you, Brother Rick. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> you know, the way this has come together is quite a nice surprise to me, and I imagine you also. The way the Lord works is really wonderful, and I can only say it's marvelous in my eyes. Thank you so much for extending yourself to embrace, to pray, to seek God, to join with us, and to discern the will of God regarding what his desire is regarding me, the vision I have for Jamaica. I really want to say thank you so much. I definitely want to highlight the way in which the Lord has orchestrated this. I have known Justin Bonama for many years. I met them as they came, visited Jamaica. For a long time, we were not in touch, but in the recent years, we started having conversations, and the conversations has been largely surrounding what the Lord is doing, the scripture. We have focused on that in an attempt to just encourage each other. As the journey continued, I, I have intimated him regarding all that I believe that the Lord is doing, and, the con and we continued to just, uh, you know, talk together and so on. Until later on, I came to visit um, here and had my initial encounter with Harbor Church. And uh, certainly shortly after that, I furthered that by going to the RBN um, conference, the, the, the General Assembly it's, um, of the Reformed Baptist Network. I have been convinced in my heart that this is really the path that the Lord has had me on. What I am going to be doing here this afternoon is to share with you um, so you can take a look into my world, into our world, and I think later on um, you share with you some of the details regarding distinctives of, our, of my situation and then share with you also some of the plans that I have that the Lord has given to me regarding my nation. And later on, I believe an opportunity will be provided for you to ask questions. All right? My wife is Theona. We have been um, married for approximately 10 years. There is a little bit more to that, which I have somewhat intimated your leadership on, which is the fact that this is actually my second marriage. And now it is 10 years old, approximately. If you are my partners, if you are my friends, I have no challenge in giving you details regarding that particular situation and be, feel free to ask me whatever question you desire to ask. However, 
I have sought to intimate your leadership with much of what my, my situation regarding my family. I am blessed with a tremendous partner. My wife, Fiona, is a wonderful servant, child of the king, just like you. And I believe she has helped to make it really easy for me to do the work that the Lord has called me to do. We have four children. Uh, we have Felisara, who is 23 years old. We have Corbin, who is 18 years old. We have David, who is six years old. And we have Carwin, who is four years old. One bundle of joy the Lord has blessed us with. And we are tremendously grateful for that. I'll talk to you a little bit about Jamaica. And I will also talk to you about how I have arrived where I am ministry-wise. Jamaica, as you may know, is the third largest uh, country in the Caribbean basin, um, we're told. Um, it's a nation that is with a population of approximately 3 million people, one-third of which is located in the Kingston area. And of course, Kingston is the more metro metropolis. It's the metro metropolitan area of Jamaica. Around the outskirts, you'd have the more touristy area like Montego Bay, Negril, and I've been, I know some of you are well aware of that. You have probably, I think I've talked to at least one person who's, who's been there. So that's sort of it. It's really a nice, mountainous, hilly um, piece of land surrounded by water, and it's in the tropics. So that's a little bit about the nation of Jamaica. I am located in the middle of the island. I, I was born here. I've, been, I've lived here. I'm really centered in the center of the island where I have um, been living for most of my life. Um, in terms of the nation, I would like to say that um, there is one of the things that is known about Jamaica is that it's a nation that really suffers from a lot of ills, such as fatherlessness. Um, and you understand that when there is fatherlessness, that results in a lot of abuse of drugs. It results in a lot of just gangs, unemployment, things like theft. And all of these things you will find in the nation of Jamaica. And certainly, that also results in a lot of widows, a lot of um, single mothers. In, um, you know, you find raising children and so on. Now, in my earlier years, I discerned a call to ministry. And I have sought to do that by becoming a part of different, um, you know, religious context churches, right, and, and so on. As I have journeyed, I have become much more aware of the call of God on my life to proclaim the gospel. Um, and so I have been seeking to do that the right way. 
I have been pastoring. I pioneered a couple of churches in the inner parts of Jamaica, um, at, at about three of them that I have pastored under an independent organization that I started called Global Advanced Life. Now, as it, things changed, I became under the umbrella of the Church of God in Jamaica, which is a denomination of about 107 churches on the island. I have been for the last four years um, pastoring the Mandible Church of God in Jamaica, which is we have served there where I have just resi resigned from. And the primary reason for my resignation is tied to the fact that I am convinced that there is a particular direction that the Lord has been leading me into. Let me explain to you that the religious backdrop of Jamaica is primarily what many of you know to be the, the Armenian um, backdrop of our religious persuasion. Now, I have grown up in that, but in the recent times, having read, looking at the scriptures in a deeper way, I have come to embrace the fact that there are challenges in many ways with how I have personally interpreted. I have been reading books, and I was sharing this evening with a couple of the brothers regarding my journey, how I have arrived to where I have arrived. There is a particular person who, was, who had been in ministry in a Methodist church who handed me a whole box of books about seven years ago, said, I wanted you to have these books. And so I took up those books, and I call it the providence of God. I've come to be to call to describe it like that because that's how I understand it. That through the providence of God, I picked up this particular book, which has to do with an understanding of of our salvation, justification by faith. So having read that book, I realized, wow, well, I didn't understand it this way. I thought it was another way. Then I read another book regarding, you know, just what it means to sincerely have a devotion with the Lord. Looked at that and further start to examine beyond that the need to have a sanctification beyond just works righteousness. Understanding the distinctives of sanctification. And so I've journeyed along. Then I realized that I became more convinced regarding what the Bible teaches in terms of ecclesiology, in terms of how church is to be managed and governed and, and, in, and, and, and so on. And as I've been taking this journey, I realized more and more that there are certain things that became a challenge to me, things such as um, who are supposed to be leading church. Things such as, um, you know, the understanding of the gospel. And whereas in my early journey, I have long believed that I took the decision to surrender my life to Christ as against him giving me new life. And I've even felt like I have the ability on my own to sustain this. So we would do things based on our religious 
background. And so I hope you understand what I am trying to describe here. I thought that, of course, Christianity and religion was more of a decisional um, thing than it is really coming to life through the Spirit of God. Now, having come to some different understanding, I realize that it begins to cause differences regarding within some of the, the framework that I have, I have, I have um, journeyed. And I'm saying all of this, I'll, in, a few, in a little bit, I will allow you to interact by asking me more questions regarding this, and I'll probably be able to do that. But I want to just describe it the best way I can from the reality of my heart and, and memory that this is where I have been. Now, having prayed about this, I feel confident that the Lord has called me to start a work in Jamaica. I have been proclaiming in different places. I have even been engaged with, you know, radio programs proclaiming the word of God and just sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. To cut a long story short, I believed as we've prayed about it that the Lord wanted us to start the work. And I've been praying, looking out for where I can be connected such that I, can, I don't have to be on my own. I can be supported in many ways. And as I have prayed about that, I believe through the providence of God, I am led to be connected with this expression of the body. I have discussed my my, my, my thoughts regarding what I see, I have shared it carefully with uh, members of your leadership team, and I believe that it became necessary for me to, to share that with you so you can hear the heart of this. With a nation of three million people, approximately, there are many churches in Jamaica, many churches throughout the nation of Jamaica. You'll find as you look at Jamaica, a lot of Pentecostalism, a lot of charismatic expressions, a lot of what we would look at and when you align it with the Bible, we would have to say they fall short. Now, we, I believe all of us understand enough that God has his people in different places and he's pulling people from all over the world to be where they need to be in terms of where we are to be fed properly, right? And so when I say this, I do not intend to communicate at all that I believe that people are not. But what I do know is that there is a shortfall. There is actually an inaccurate way that many um, expressions in Jamaica have presented the gospel the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I have been looking again, especially the book of Galatians, which is, you know, just, and the Lord has had me to really look at that particular book just to see some of, again, look at the pillars of salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and how that it is not the works of man, not just you know, what we think it is, but there is something to be made clear regarding man's sin, regarding man's sinful state, regarding 
the grace of God in expressed in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the way he has lived, the way he gave his life, how he was resurrected, how he ascended to the Father and provided the provision for the redemption of mankind. And I believe that this has to be clearly presented in order for the light of God to be seen. I believe as someone who have come to an understanding of the truth that I have a call and a responsibility to make this clear to my nation. It wasn't too long ago I said to someone, I feel there's a sense of woe be unto me if I preach not the gospel to my people. And uh, this is what I certainly believe that God has placed in my life, in my heart, regarding the, um, the church, the Grace Harbor, um, Jamaica. Now, share with you a little bit more of the vision of this is that um, several months ago, as I was working through some things, the Lord gave me a scripture. It's in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1, which says, Therefore, we must give the most earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. We must give the most earnest things um, heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. And once I encountered this, I knew that I was going to capture this um, as, a, as a scripture that I would use to... To, to be the scripture, if I could say it that way, that defines all, where we're going. We feel like Grace Harbor, Jamaica is to be a place that we will make clear the gospel, but also from this extend to the other parts of this nation and beyond in an attempt to make Jesus known in, 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 a, in, in, a, in a clear way. And so this is the direction that we are going. Now, the plan is April 17th to, 20, to 22 of the year 2024, which is next year, the plan is that we will launch Grace Harbor, Jamaica, in the town of Maypen. How we plan to do this is that we will, we will actually start off with a conference, and we are hoping that people from the RBN network, as I have been asking, will volunteer, will accept to come and to teach in this three days of intense um, look at the Word of God. And we plan to work through some of the doctrines of the 1689. We are going to, on Thursday, be looking at, a, we're going to have a couple of sessions on Thursday, so it's going to be over a period of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And certainly we will culminate on Sunday morning with the launch of the new church in a new building that we are still working to settle on. So on Thursday, we will meet, we will have our first session and our speakers will be looking at the subject of the exposition of scriptures. The reason the exposition of scripture, as I have looked at it, is the fact that 
widespread, there is a sense in which there are people who are thinking, we don't need doctrine anymore. We just need to get in the spirit. We need to just get off on a hype. And I see where we have gone way over, um, away from the word of God with that mindset. And I intend that this will be a stabilizer, redirecting people to the word of God that there is no other way to come to know the truth than the word of God. And so we will start uh, off looking at the exposition of scripture. We will move to the exposition of the Trinity in an attempt to provide a better understanding for people, exposing people to the doctrines of God, right? The way the doctrine of God, how he is, how he functions, and uh, the, the unity of God, the, the, the diversity of God, the unity of God. And to put a focus on that so that there can be greater clarity in the minds of believers. Then on Friday, we are moving towards, uh, this is going to be another full day of just exposing people to doctrines of Scripture. We're going to be looking at the exposition of divine providence and what that entails. We'll be looking at the exposition of the fall of man. And you know that there is no way that we, the gospel can accurately be embraced without an understanding of what took place that has occasioned the need for the gospel, that has occasioned the gospel. And so we want to expose and remind people that man is sinful, lost. Man deserves God's judgment, God's just judgment. And the only escape is through the provision that is made through Jesus Christ. His son. So we want to look at that. Then we want to look at the exposition of saving faith. And this is very important in my context because salvation is largely held to be something that I, it's, all, it's like this. I just didn't like the way I live anymore. And I believe that it is time for me to turn to God. So I just gave my life to God. I like to target decisionalism. It's more decisional salvation where we choose God rather than he has conquered my life, gave me new life, and he has made me to, 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 to be born again. All right, so I know there are different nuances to this, but I feel within our situation that there is a great need for us to pound this and to, pro to proclaim it such that clarity can be gotten. For we know that there is salvation no other way but through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it is our responsibility to continue to do this. Then we will be looking at the exposition of the perseverance of the saints. Me and we were talking this evening that there are people who believe, well, I'm justified, and because I'm justified, that's it. I'm saved, and now I can just live on. I'm going to end up in heaven one of these days, no matter how I conduct my life. Well, we want it to be made clear that there is the need to persevere. We want it to be made clear, like the Apostle Peter states, that as newborn babes, we must desire the sincere milk of the word. We want to make it clear that we must account for good work not in order to secure salvation, but rather as a result of salvation. We wanted to maybe made clear to people that you cannot earn it. You are not set on a path to earn your way into heaven, but you are set on a path to be obedient 
through Christ and what he has done for us. Now, it seems like I might be rattling off a little bit here, but I'll tell you the truth that most of what I'm sharing here is not the typical output from the general um, platforms, religious platforms in our country. And I believe that there is a great need, my brothers and sisters, for this to, 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 to happen. And this is why what, at this conference, my desire is to reach out to pastors, to reach out to people who will come together and will become open and be sensitized to take another look at why what we have done, why we believe what we believe, and how we have been focusing. So this is my cry. This is my, my heart. This is what I am driven to do by the Spirit of the Lord. This is what I am encouraging you to, to embrace that will cause you to stand with us and to say, let us together do what God has called us to do. It is should be clear to you that against that background, it will not be an up, easy uphill task. I mean, easy gliding. It will definitely be a difficult uphill task. But we know that if God calls us to do something, we have to fight the good fight of faith. And um, he who has called is faithful. He who has called is faithful. So that's what we want to do. Then on Saturday, we are going to comb through that Immediate community, knocking on doors, visiting people, exposing them to come to hear the word of the Lord. And then we will commence the Sunday morning of the 22nd, or the Sunday morning with a time um, of, of just fellowship, Lord's Day fellowship, and bring people together. So this is the plan for this. In order to, for us to do this, we're going to have to do a lot of groundwork, a lot of groundwork to get this done. So we're believing God for, right now, chairs, which is crucial. We're believing God for a building, which we have spotted a building in, in the center of the town of Mapin, which has a population of about 30,000 people. And once we find this location, we believe that God will draw people to hear his word. We're going to need you to stand with us to make this happen, to be able to, at least for the first, you know, I'm thinking two years, just be there to support until, as the Lord, raise up people who can indigenously carry, help to carry the work of the ministry. So um, I'm going to... I'm going to um, just, just <laughs> touch just on a couple of other things, and then um, I will provide for you to ask me um, specific questions. But just to say, this is, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. And you are welcome, anyone, to come, be with us, see what we're doing, be acclimated with it, in a more hands-on way, interact with the people in the, in the area as much as possible. If you feel the Lord gives you the ability to come on a short term to, to, to just be there with us, we would love that, would love for that. 
And most importantly, we really need your prayers, your support, your financial support is going to be very helpful. Your personal um, support, we need that. And so we're saying this is it. I will stop there and allow you to ask any question that may be important to you. Yes, and it is increasingly so, where there is a, a larger population of female occupying the pulpit. Um, let me give you an example. One of the deterrent for me, one of the reasons that has caused me to come to the, almost an abrupt closure, an abrupt resignation um, in the church I have been pastoring is that there's been pressure. There are two female pastors who are in the congregation are ordained by the national church, right? And the challenge they had with me is that I will not allow female to preach and proclaim doctrine in the church. So my position is the women are blessed with the ability to speak to other women and minister to other women and also to teach children. But we feel really horrible and wrong to provide preaching opportunities in the pulpit for our wonderful sisters. And so because I have stood to that, I have been put under fire regarding that. I hope, I hope none of our sisters here are aspiring to pastor. <laughs> um, I think plurality of eldership is biblical. It is, it is, it is wonderful for accountability. It's an ecclesiological, um, what you model of scripture, which is embraced by by me. I believe that's, that's the model. That's the model. Sir. At this initial stage, there are brothers who I have been interacting with that have similar conviction. In terms of a commitment so far, I have not sought to mobilize that. I want to be very careful also um, as a pastor, and I've pioneered a couple of churches, and one of the things that I have done, which I shared, I don't remember if it was with you or someone else, one of the things that I did quite early 
was to engage other persons in leadership position. And I realized that sometimes that can be very tricky. So even though you can, you can engage people too early in leadership positions. So at this time, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm being very careful that even when people decide to come, they will come as brothers in the Lord, but not necessarily to have that plurality of leadership at this initial stage. So as time goes by, we will see what gifts and call, what strength um, individuals have, and we will carefully release people into leadership capacity. I, um, that's a very good question for me because I, there was a time when there was a book um, store called Source of Light in Kingston, Jamaica, but that was the closest, the only one I knew of, and so as a part of what we're doing, I am believing that soon to come, we will also be able to have open a Christian resource um, uh, store where we can have books, Bibles, materials that people can actually access, um, and, and even to have a, somewhat of a library that even books that are not easily duplicated and books that are not multiplied can actually be ac accessed by people who are searching. Um, so yes. Yes, Ricky. Uh, but if you'll explain where that is and how far that is from the Maypen area. Yes. The, it, there are, there's a branch of an independent Baptist church in Jamaica which, um, that I am closely affiliated with in the sense that I know several of the pastors. I have been put on their agenda. I've actually preached in their church. There was one particular one, Vernon Allen, he is actually about, the thing is, he's actually, he's in a place called um, Buff Bay, Fort Antonio, which is like about four hours drive from where I live. So even though the island is a small island because of the roads and, the, you know, the mountainous terrains, it still takes you a whole lot of time. It's really like four hours. And that makes it difficult for me to actually have a close interaction with. But I would say that about in the month of July, I actually went there to a conference and 
um, where a brother by the name of Ainsworth Jonas from um, out of um, Antigua. Antigua? Yes. He, is, he actually was one of the speakers there, and I have gone over, because that's the only expression of, an, of a Baptist church in, that I know of. There is the Union Baptist, which is also a large expression in Jamaica. But the challenge I personally have with that is now, similar to many of the other Pentecostal churches, there are a lot of female pastors. That's one. And um, the other is that, well, there are several others. There is more sentimentalism than, you know, it's more like what you wear, wear your hat, your tie, you this and you that, and, and psycho some kind of a fanatical um, combustion in, the, in, in, in church, you know, and, and I think that's, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. I, you know, when you get to, I am 53 years old, still by God's grace, I would call myself not old. <laughs> but when you get to at least this stage, you're thinking, I can't play with people's lives. I want to get serious about what I am doing. And so um, I'm prepared to, you know, I feel like I have a, a count the cost attitude. Um, and I'll tell you this, when, when I was confronted not too long ago regarding my unwillingness to provide preaching opportunities for, I'll be blunt to say, for females in the pulpit, and I resisted that, all right? I, I was actually called into account by one person to say, I mean, are you sure? Because your salary is at risk if you do this. This is at risk. So I basically responded by saying, you know, the truth is, I don't think anybody with sense would write a letter like this unless they've counted the cost. <laughs> and I feel like I'd rather to do what is right than... Than, than to be comfortable with a secure salary, <laughs> you know. So this is the journey. And I'll say this to you, it's, it's not like, you know, you ever, I've arrived or I'm in a perfect state, but this is, my head is in the direction of God, pleasing the Lord. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Yes, I I I agree with that narrative. 
sorry. English is really our official language. The, the challenge, the, the, the thing though, is that we do have an indigenous dialect, which is called Patois, which is what it's conversational, you know, but every, everybody would go to school to as best as possible learn English. It's still a challenge, so not like it's, you know, it's conquered by us, but we're learning new words every day. <laughs> How is it? Oh, yeah, um, yes. Well, I, I have accepted speaking engagements. Um, I have lots of friends who, have, who are pastors, and so I have actually been invited. And so I try to filter that as best as I possibly can, but, but I have been engaged. And on a couple of occasions, we would go and visit. There's a Presbyterian church, Salem United, which we've also gone to sit in Salem and get and you know and fellowship, but we don't stay home. The Lord's day is the Lord's day. We, uh, my family, doesn't do staying home. Well, so you know we we want to fellowship with the believers. Raymond, just one another question is you know like. <laughs> Can you hear, is it too loud? No, that's good. I just thought the voice was coming oh, from yeah. above. <laughs> no, and, and, and we discussed this a little bit yesterday, too. And, and again, everyone is on a journey here, right? Everyone is learning. Uh, we learn even later in life things that we wish we had learned earlier and understand God and how he works. And, but it, your continued growth in uh, in kind of your biblical studies and uh, and where you plan to go with that and how you you plan to kind of continue to build uh, your understanding of of some of the truths that that you see uh, more clearly now in the scripture. Well, um, that's a very really good question. I recognize that in order to do things the right way, you need to learn it the right way. And whereas I may have a backdrop of an understanding of, you know, where I've gotten information from different places, I realized the need to, to know better, to sharpen me so that I can have a better understanding of the Word of God. And so I will let you know that so far I have been, I have registered and I've been accepted to do a, 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 a master's work with covenant um, covenant, what's this again? Covenant Reformed? Is it? Covenant Baptist. CBTS. Yes, so I have been accepted as a, as, as a student, and I should be, um, I am waiting to, for the door to be open so I can take the journey. Um, justification by Faith, R.C. Sproul, Devotion Doxology, and Doctrine, John Calvin. 
um, the holiness of God, R.C. Sproul. Yes. Okay. Well, um, in rather than bluntly saying you're on a fast track to hell, <laughs> I'd probably say, would you mind taking a minute to for us to talk about this, so that you will understand that your life in Christ is not just an event but a journey. So you are justified by faith, but justification has a partner that is called sanctification. And justification is not on its own. It does not come on its own. I like to use Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to substantiate this, which says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, that's justification, who walk not. And the walk there, in my understanding, is their sanctification. So at the point of my justification, my sanctification is triggered, so to speak. And so my life as a believer in Christ is, is, is a grow, growing journey with my head in the direction of pleasing Christ, which is obeying the commandments, obeying everything that he commands us to do in his word. So I, that's what I think. Yes, thank you. May I just, because I want to be, thank, one second, Brother Rick. I want to just be very clear. This is not, I try to do my best to bring this across, but I want you to know that this is not a bed of roses. It's not a perfect situation. We are constantly, daily seeking God to keep us in his word, to keep us pure, to keep us doing what he has called us to do. And that's why we make ourselves accountable to people who are there, people who understand the journey, people who can walk through the, the, walk the journey with us and be able to help us where we're weak. So, thank you.
once we begin the church, I feel confident that five years from now, we will have an established church home where fellowship can be, where we will continue to build in terms of that. We will, I see us as a church impacting the nation by way of radio, planting other churches, because as one of the things that I believe is a part of what I, I feel in, in my heart is I have kind of a pioneering passion. So I'm not just looking at building this church. I'm looking at building this church and working myself out of a job as a pastor so that I can reproduce and by God's grace and raise up other pastors who can take the work and look at the possibility of planting and for Grace Harbor Maypen to become the sending church to the other churches that will be planted on the nation. This is what I see. If I think there are those people, oh yeah, absolutely. I believe that there are people who just need to be taught the truth, and God's people who are saved will. I have other, you know, I have other sheep that's <laughs> that's out there, and people will be, um, you know, will God's people will come to God's truth. Um, so I do believe that. Thank you very much. After we sing, I'm going to ask Mark if you'll close us in prayer. Please. But let's stand to sing, please. A very appropriate hymn. And Kristen, I thank you for the, these cho the choices you make are, are incredible. And, and again, this one, number 79 in the blue hymnal, it's Though Troubles.